Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of In the Barn. I'm Robin. And I'm Kelsey. In today's episode, we're going to be recapping the Kentucky three-day event that just concluded this weekend. We're going to share everything that we loved, what we hated, our favorite writers, our least favorite writers, uh, and pretty much all of our thoughts on this weekend's event. We are like gonna jump right into this because we've been talking and texting all weekend and watching the live feed and rewatching. So like we're ready to go. We're chomping at the bit with excitement. Um, so we're gonna go through this what like event, each event, or each phase, you know, dressage, cross country, show jumping. We're gonna kind of give you an overview of what we thought of the course, an overview of what we thought of the riding in general, talk about some of our favorite riders, talk about some of our least favorite riders, and then any like final thoughts issues, problems, things we realized for that phase. And then we're going to give you our Olympic team, like our, not necessarily our predictions, because I don't know how the selectors work, but like who I'd like to see on the team after this weekend. I know for a fact who I selected to go on. My hypothetical Olympic team is not going to be, only one of them is or two of them is probably going to be selected for the current team. Oh, mine, I have no idea, but I think... They are on the uh, elite team, or it's not the elite team. It's like almost elite team because the elite team, it's the pre-elite training list. I think I've got a couple from there. Oh, no, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Let's start with dressage, which apparently is the phase we watched the least of. So sorry, guys. But I did watch like all of Thursday. Well, I watched all the five-star dressage. Oh, good for you. I So we are going to be talking about both four-star and five-star. We're going to kind of blend them together because... We do want to point out this was like a four and a half star, as it was mentioned by many people this weekend. Uh, the point of this four star, it was requested uh, f- by the high performance team. They wanted this as like a lead up to identify more riders that would be potentially the next great thing. Uh, so this four star was very much to support the five star. These two events were very much connected and you saw tons of the same riders. You saw five star horses running at the four star, five star riders at the four star. So these two, while different levels and different competitions were very much connected and there to support each other. Yeah, this wasn't a four star, like the beginning of the season style four star. You know how the events at the beginning of the season, they kind of ease you back into things, but then by the end of the season, Things are maxed again. They're asking you the really hard conversations or questions to try and like see if you're ready to go on to the next level. And that's what this four star was, was this was the you're dipping your toes in the water. You weren't quite ready for the five star yet, but this is like you'll be going five star next year when you finish the four star at this one. Yeah, I think the goal because this was a four star short. So the goal is for most riders to do a four star long sometime this year and then be ready for the five star. But like the four star was a way to test that horse as well. Like I think Jimmy Warford and John Kyle did most. Oh, well, John Kyle announces everything. Did you know since he's been doing this for 10 years? Congratulations, John yeah. Kyle. And having Jimmy Warford on the cross country. That was fantastic. I absolutely loved listening to his commentary. Right, and he was, like, throwing back to the 70s. At the, and, like, how good his recall was. Like, exactly who rode what horse where in, like, the 70s. I was like, I, I can't remember yesterday. How do you remember the 70s? I'm so impressed. But that is not dressage. We're way off. We're way off. We're talking dressage. <laughs> um, basically, so one of the big takeaways is that judging always begins with gates. So that is something that I know sounds, like, really silly for me to say that. But because we don't have collective marks anymore, like your gates theoretically should either make or break the test. And depending on how you start with those gates, you're going to do well or not do well, or maybe not even, maybe it doesn't even matter. Like theoretically, it starts with the quality of the horse's gait, but our judging is all over the place from time to time. So who knows if that's true or not. Some other thoughts with that, like, you know, the dressage test, they keep getting more and more technical. We're getting, like, really close to real dressage, <laughs> like, um, which is, you know, part of those, the team that creates the tests. Every time uh, event riders master a little bit of something in the dressage arena, they want to add on, right, and make it a little bit more complicated uh, for the next test and the next level. And I, we have to remember that these are not actual dressage horses, uh, which is challenging because when you watch them ride you're looking at them and you're like this isn't good dressage (laughs) 
I'm sorry. This is not good dressage. But that's not an excuse to not ride correct, though. Yeah, I don't think saying you're an inventor gives you an excuse to bowl out of actual dressage and proper riding and stuff at all. It, it's dressage. I don't think there's a difference between eventing dressage and dressage dressage. I just think our top of eventing five-star level dressage is not going to be Grand Prix dressage. Yeah. I think that's because, you know, the endurance component. Like, you have to have these extremely fit horses that aren't just, like, a dressage horse is a strong horse. They are the horse that, like, the person in the gym that just lifts weights and is all muscular, musclier. What's the muscle? Muscles? He's got the muscles? Muscular. Muscular. That's like a dressage horse where eventers have to be really lean and they just don't have that same muscle development. I do think there needs to be a bridge between the two and that a – event horse should look just as nice as a dressage horse maybe their muscles are just a little bit you know less defined but that shouldn't be an excuse for dropped backs that shouldn't be an excuse for really hollow in front of the withers and I think we still see this quite commonly in eventing dressage horses where there's still like do you even know you have a muscle in front of your withers like do you are we even aware of it it's actually getting better I do remember like quite a few years ago that I would watch and just be like oh I guess like I used to think like eventing dressage was different because these horses were so unique coming in that that like that <laughs> and these were the top riders so they must know what they're doing and now i'm starting to realize that like we've had to up our training a little bit and so we're seeing less unique horses but that there's still a handful in the crowd no definitely i there was quite a bit of improvement this last weekend that i saw but there's also still a significant number that were unique and I would still argue way too many, by far and large, the majority of the horses honestly spent a fair amount of time behind vertical, which was very frustrating to see. Even though it wasn't, you know, Rolker crazy hyperflexed or anything, I would still say most of them were constantly riding a little bit behind the vertical, which was frustrating, and their pole was dropped. Yeah, I actually have a few comments about that, but in cross country is where I got the most annoyed with it. The cross country warm up, the walk warm up oh, for yeah, cross yeah. country was ridiculous. Like they were walking around the start box with their horses' heads like cranked in all the way to their chest and then to the side. It was like the they should be on a loose rein. Like I get we're about to go cross country. Like I get it, but your horse should be on a long rein. Like there's no reason for your horse to be held that tight to the chest right now. And I saw rider after rider do it. So I found that really frustrating. And yeah. Yeah, it's a weird phenomenon showing up, and I saw them doing it in show jump too, right? Like they just immediately come in riding behind vertical, and it's like, what? If you if you need your horse to get off their forehand, I can guarantee you they will not do it while behind vertical. And I think this is a training issue where it goes back to this is how we're practicing at home. We are spending all our walking time on that low, deep, round frame. We are not spending enough time with our horse's nose on the vertical or just in front of it. And I do not, and I heard it, and I will get really mad. Lillian, you made an excuse for Boyd's dressage test Friday morning on, I don't remember what horse it was on Friday morning. Was it on cue? Yeah, it was on cue, not test her leg. It was on cue, and she made the excuse that it was a young horse. And that's why, I think the horse was like 15, so that doesn't make any sense. Um... Maybe it wasn't. Oh my gosh, maybe it wasn't Boyd. No, it was that horse. But then I thought she also said that horse was 15. So now I'm just really confused. Okay. Anyways, the excuse was made for, I think it was Boyd's horse um, on cue by Lillian. And I was a little upset that it was a young horse and that's why I was falling behind vertical because I, there's no way that's true. Like if your horse spends a lot of time there, that's where his muscle development's going to be. If your horse spends a lot of time out in front of the vertical, that's where his muscle development is going to be. I do absolutely understand horses are weak and easily fall behind. Then you spend a lot of time doing the opposite. I thought that was like dressage warm-up rule number one. Do the opposite of what your horse wants to do. Why would you let them, if that is true, that they're weak and fall back at the pole, then why would you let them do that? I'm sorry. If the horse is young and that's their reason for not being strong enough to carry their nose in front of the vertical, then they should not be at a five-star event. Nowhere near it should they be there. Because that is requiring a lot of muscle. That is requiring a lot of preparation, muscle development over years. That horse doesn't just wake up overnight and get there to that five-star event. You're developing them over years. So the time you get to that five-star event, whether they're young or not, 
maybe a little bit too young in some of the instances, but whether they're young or not, they have that muscle developed by that point. They should be strong enough to carry themselves in front. That is not a valid excuse. Well, I got really confused in my notes because I'm also pretty sure she said the horse was like 16. So I don't know. That's not a young horse. So I'm really confused. I know my note says it was that horse. But that doesn't make any sense if that horse is also 16. Um, I know it was like on So that might have been a pointless rant, but I still feel like that rant applies to so many times I've heard that argument of like, it's a young horse. It's okay for them to go behind the vertical. Yeah, no, it does. Like it does. And also if it's a young horse and you're developing muscle, how can you develop muscle if it's behind the vertical? Like how are you developing good muscle? Like that's it. That doesn't work. Anyways. So any other final thoughts on the on the dressage test design? I know Marilyn Payne joined us as an announcer for part of the five star. That's exciting since Marilyn Payne does design um, all of our courses, all our dressage tests. She's the person that creates them. Um, so I appreciate her being present. I think my favorite part of the dressage test was hands down the rain back. For me, that was by far the most telling movement in the dressage test of whether or not, because a lot of times some of these horses have gotten really good at just kind of hanging in there and kind of faking it, or they have really good movement naturally and a great confirmation naturally that they might not be in the most relaxed or be that connected with hind end to the front end and the rider's actually riding them correctly. But when you get to that rain back, nine times out of 10, you cannot hide what's actually going on. William Fox Pitt had by far the most gorgeous rain back. And I can still see it in my head right now. As soon as he asked that horse to step back, you could see the horse rock back on his hocks and step back into it. He fully tucked up his core and everything. Like it was beautiful. There was very few other riders I saw come close to that. I think William Coleman had one and um, Jesse Campbell had a rain back that got close. And there's a handful of others, but by far... William Fox Pitts was the best rain back. And that just kind of, that was a tone I saw for the rest of his dressage test. Yeah, I think Hannah, she had a really nice halt and back as well. Oh, yeah, she did too. I have that rain back. And that horse is actually gorgeous. What a pretty horse. I'm so sorry she got lost on course. But that was a really pretty horse. I have notes. I think before we move on from dressage, I, whether it was the four star or the five star, I got really frustrated because it just felt like the rides I was seeing was not matching up with the scores that were coming out. I distinctly remember watching the four-star dressage and there was three riders, one after the other. I don't remember who the first two was, but I know the third one in the order was Boyd Martin. And they all got roughly the same score, which was like 31.3 or somewhere around there. But they all had such vastly different rides that like were not comparable to one another. Boyd's by far was the closest to that 31 score and I think his deserved that 31. But the other two that were riding right before him their rides did not compare to his. So like it didn't make sense how they also got a 31 when their horses were bucking across their changes and like hollow. It just, it didn't make sense. Yeah, I did notice there was a few scores. I have Holly's um, score noted as like she got a 36, which I thought it was a decent test. Like Jolly Bow and her like dressage is obviously their strong suit. And so, or at least it was, it was this weekend. And so I was surprised that her score was as low as it was, seeing what some of the other riders were doing to get lower scores. That like, I thought hers was actually a decent test and maybe 36 was fair, but then there was other riders. If 36 was fair, then there was other riders who were getting lower scores. That that wasn't fair. I got really thrown for a loop in the very beginning of the five star when I thought Will Coleman went in and put down quite a lovely test. And I think he came out with like a high 30s. And then Buck came in right after him and it was not a, the horse was really hollow the entire time. The horse never once lifted in front of their withers. Like it just, he got a 34. And when I watched the rest of the test throughout that afternoon and stuff, that didn't make sense to me. No, it was very unpolished looking. Buck did not, well, Buck did not look polished at all. He's on my bad rider list for dressage. Him, Philip was okay, but his horse kept falling behind the vertical. I actually have Tamara Smith on my, um, I think for the her four star ride. I did not. I did not like her four star ride either. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. And it, they showed like her warm up and the horse rearing and warm up. And I get that that horse was anxious and stressed, but like that's not the best way to go about dealing with it and then I'm like 90% sure she sh- her groom shoved a gum bit in the horse's mouth which is also great and you're gonna hate me for this but uh Janelle Price is on off my bad rider list as well for her first dressage oh test. no she is all of them are so behind vertical oh, okay good 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 I was like I know I really like her the rest of her rides but like her horses were way too flexible in the poles they looked like rubber she also falls on that list also for cross-country riding her horses behind vertical okay I was like so baffled by that because I like thank you Janelle and I like Tim Price I 
like their rides. I like how they were riding and stuff. Yeah. I was just completely baffled as to why all their horses were behind vertical. Like, that was throwing me for a loop. She, yeah, she was just like, it was a rubber pole. I can't, can't say enough. But my good rider list is really big. I have a really long good rider list for dressage. Um, I've got Leslie Law for his four-star ride. I thought that was a beautiful test. I was really happy to see him back. His dressage was wonderful. Bobby Meyerhoff. I cannot figure out how I feel about Bobby Meyerhoff. First off, the jockey saddle. I thought that was uh, interesting. Totally support it. Um, except for his horse's tail was so crooked after he left the dressage arena that I can't help but think maybe that's an issue with the saddle and the rider. Like his tail was way to the right. Kyle Carter's horse was gorgeous. Carl Slezak's horse stole my heart. If I had to pick one horse from that whole competition, I would steal his horse in a heartbeat. I know they fell on cross country and we'll get there. And like in the dressage arena, you can clearly tell this is a big horse and hard to put together. But he had by far one of the prettiest um, stretches over his stretchy canter circle. And like actually the horse's nose was in front of vertical. It wasn't like long and deep. It was long and low. I love his horse. The other one I'm really curious to watch is Lauren's four-star horse, her landmark, uh, landmark Monte Carlo. That's an interesting horse. He's got something going on. You'll notice she didn't ride in a spurs. She had no spurs. She had no bonnet. And her throat latch was barely buckled. And as soon as they stopped their test, the horse started flipping his head like crazy. And that's how cross country. Oh. I think she got eliminated on cross country, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, that was a ride I didn't see. Maybe she made it home. I don't, don't, I don't know. But she entered cross country the same way without like her throat latch done. Interesting. Also, when she was going in her dressage test, Holly Bennett Awad made a very interesting comment that was weird. Oh, her dressage yes. Test. Yes. The, um, I guess your horse, like maybe her horse is trained well enough that he doesn't need spurs. Because she was one of the few not riding with spurs. And it was like, what? So this is a weird one because spurs were mandatory till quite recently and so i do feel like there's probably a lot of people who are like we always had to ride in spurs i'm gonna keep riding in spurs or you have a trainer or the coach you're riding with is like you always ride in spurs keep riding in spurs so i do think there's a mentality to keep using them even though maybe we don't need them or maybe we should get our horses better off our legs but it was just such a weird comment of maybe your horse is well enough trained off her leg to not need spurs and it was like well then what are you saying about the other riders that ride in spurs including yourself yeah i know holly did not ride in spurs on um gin and juice or no she did because she had to because they were required but gin and juice did not like them the only other one uh, there's a couple others that stood out to me in dressage of course william fox pitt's test was gorgeous it was a breath of fresh air watching him come in friday morning and just seeing the like kind of they were decent tests ahead of him, but his horse just looked so happy to be there. And so like his horse had, he had such a different expression on his face. It was such a, like a, it was a pleasure to watch both of them go. The horse didn't look like he was straining to be there. He, you know, his ears were pricked the whole time. They just had such a positive atmosphere surrounding them. It was just such a breath of fresh air, like you said. Yeah, it, it just like, it stood out. So I think he was in third place after dressage with that score which is great I get that it's you know his horse wasn't flashy his horse didn't have the flashy gait so he naturally started a few below some of those like yeah kitty kitty has I'm not gonna discredit kitty at all her gates are beautiful she's a really pretty horse and so does uh my bomb or whatever the horse, Lexus I know is the barn name of Tammy Smith's horse yeah and so there is no competing with those flashier horses I totally get it but like that to me is what an eventer dressage test looks like very workmanlike very happy horse you know very happy to be there and it, it was a great ride and I think you know that that's what we should all strive for and realize that like most of us aren't gonna have flashy rides so we should come in and have a really happy horse that's willing to be there um i have one last rider that i want to talk about but i don't know if i should talk about him now or later as whenever you're ready whenever you notice them i think that's yeah when you notice them so i definitely noticed his dressage his dressage was gorgeous and i think he should have gotten actually i'm a little surprised he didn't get a lower score based off the scores that I was seeing come out, and that was Jesse Campbell for New Zealand. My goodness, is he a gorgeous rider? His horse was beautiful. They just looked so effortless, and he also had a really nice rein back. It was beautiful. I mean, he didn't get great stretches in the stretchy walk or his canter stretchy circle or anything, but like the rest of the time, the horse was beautiful. And he had his nose in front of the vertical. Like he looked probably the closest to 
a legitimate dressage horse out there. It was just, it was a beautiful ride. Um, So the other two riders that I noticed in dressage, but like not for, they weren't bad. They were like mediocre was uh, Leah Lang. I was interested in her ride and I was curious because she's, they were riding a $700 horse. And, but both Allison and I really wanted her to sit down. <laughs> like she was hovering and just like a little bit closed off in her hips. It would have been nice if she had sat down, rode her horse on her haunches a little bit. Um, and I think they would have had a much better test. And it's always funny when you're like take – because I took notes on almost all these writers. And like I go to write something down and then a second later the commentator says it. And I'm like, whoo, my eye is as good as I thought it was. <laughs> like I really would like this rider to sit down. And then Allison was like, she should sit down. But like she's doing, she knows her horse. Maybe her horse has a sensitive back. Also, we've all been there with the tight hips when you're like, I'm too, I, there's nothing else I can do with my position right now. Like, this is all I got. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, of course, you're nervous, like coming in and being, you know, in the Rolex stadium. It's like, I get it. That's nerve wracking. Um, the other one that did catch my attention because I could feel her pain was Emily Hamill was like, it, it's over. Like, it's over. It's totally fine. You went off course. Like, no one's going to remember this tomorrow. Just like, it's totally fine. Um, but she did catch my attention because it was just one of those dressage rides that was like, oh, I hope you're a good jumper. <laughs> like, I just, oh, sweetheart. Like, this is, this is rough. But I. She was clearly so nervous and they were, she was trying so hard to stay with her horse's movement. But like, oh, I, I felt, I felt for her. I really did feel for her. Thankfully, she totally came back Saturday and redeemed herself that like no one's even gonna remember her dressage test after that no not at all but one of the things I did want to throw is that I was super happy to see uh Libby Hurd in the announcer booth and commentating for part of Friday morning's dressage because she's someone who I've been watching since her rookie year um at Rolex a couple years ago so I'm really excited for her she's one that uh an up-and-coming rider that I've really liked this entire time. So for her to be commentating and in the box means that the community as a whole recognizes her as like a good member of this community and someone they want to hear from. So that was really excited to, that she was in there commentating. Ready to move on to the good old cross-country. I will say the poor four-star riders, it was wet and slippery by the time they got out there. But like one of my notes in it, this is like, girl, check your studs. Like I, I'll, I know Elisa Wallace had issues for whatever reason, but there were riders still after Elisa Wallace had issues that were coming out on course and sliding. Like she was what the second she was. Yeah, I think she was the second rider, and Jimmy gave her a pass. So if Jimmy gives her a pass, I give her a pass. But like the next person, she was your guinea pig. Everyone else should have put on bigger studs. Like, and there was plenty of riders that were getting around without issues. Figure out what studs they used and like literally steal them if you don't have anything else like I don't know figure it out but you should not be going out on cross country with like flat studs or like you need big mud studs to go five star right and I know they have the rider tent there so people like all the other riders are up there they're watching the riders before them running the course and what's happening and if they need to make adjustments or changes to like their equipment their studs that type of thing it was so obvious with Elisa on her first run that like Lee just slid into the corner and just kind of like knocked his confidence and then you'll also hear if you ever watch her like helmet cam videos on YouTube where she goes and talks it through a little bit and like when they got their refusal into the coffin she's like I just came in too fast you can also tell Lee like once again slipped and like he just lost his confidence and I know that she was having issues for some reason I don't know why but her studs were falling out and so like when she came out on her second ride he had lost like two studs in one of his shoes and so like the boy was just slipping all over she had to retire so yeah that was unfortunate for her um I'm glad she at least got one horse home (laughs) that she did get to finish the event but yeah it does suck that she had to retire and that she was having those issues I get it it happens I do think that was And I mean, that's kind of a, so that's the one thing with the four-star course is no one had ever ridden it before, right? Like this is a brand new course. Nobody knew what was going to happen. No one knew, like there was no information. So it it was a learning experience for everyone. And it just happened to be really bad weather too. So like that's super unfortunate. Yeah. And it was also because like certain parts, you know, where the five-star had run through previously, like before them in the day, it was probably mucked up in certain areas and stuff. Yeah, I will think like, and of course, Derek is a genius when it comes to course design. Like, I can't take any credit away from him. So, like, there's definitely areas in that course that, like, he knew, I'm sure, that we needed to not. Yeah. 
uh, we need to stay far away from the five star stuff so that we could still have good terrain. And I was worried about that. Like, are they going to be reusing any of the same lines? But I'm so glad it was a totally different course and that they, I mean, except for the last two jumps, which I thought was really cool and really cute what they did, having them jump the last two jumps uh, of this. So both courses jumped the same last two fences. And it was supposed to be a way for like the four star riders to like recognize that like you're here and next year you'll be doing like the whole course. Like this is... I thought that was really cool to like let them jump the last two fences. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of thoughts about the, just like the course in general is that this was 2020's course. And I like wondered watching how many riders fell off and had issues. If that had any impact on like the overall success of the course, like if this was 2020, then everyone would have had a full year of campaigning leading up to it, 2019 and probably, and I didn't look at a calendar, but not many events would have been canceled leading up to the 2020 uh, event. So I thought that was interesting choice that this was no modifications had happened. Yeah, that it, that is interesting. I wonder if there would have been changes, but at the same, I, I feel like I don't know how how do you adjust for that and change it? Because I I guess if he had adjusted and changed it, then it would have been more like the four star course. No, because the four star you get rid of least one combination i am so i'm so sorry derek i know you love your combinations open close search open close search open close search like that's all after jimmy said the equation i was like oh my god that's all they're doing and it was so frustrating <laughs> to see that because it just it just sucks the energy out of the ride and it's just so exhausting for the horse and i totally understand we're trying to be difficult we're trying to weed out the week but at like a certain point like how fit can our horse be like at a certain point are we asking for something that's unrealistic yeah i know i do know the waters the waters really suck it out of the horses because those are big and you got to lug your legs through them and that and all the drops that really sucks it out of them that big drop on the four star was really interesting i don't think m many courses have a big drop like that anymore i feel like that's very old school cross-country courses yeah it is and so i was surprised how many horses got there and were like whoa <laughs> oh <laughs> i've never seen that before so that was interesting seeing that we can talk a little bit about riders like the difference in riding styles for cross country specifically like aggressive riders versus quiet riders I have I have a preference obviously and I feel like team selectors have that exact opposite preference yeah. <laughs> that I have yeah I the riders that I was really starting to pick out and notice I was really liking their rides and their rounds were the lesser known smaller riders that like didn't have a large string of horses behind them it wasn't the top riders. Like, I'm sorry, Boyd, but a lot of his rides, like with the flapping of the elbows, that's not pleasant for me to watch. I'd much rather watch like Harry Mead come up to a nice oxer, like in a beautiful stride. I'd much rather watch Jesse Campbell, Emily Hamill. Like you put Harry Mead in your nice ride. Uh, yeah, he has some good moments. I thought he was a little handsy. He was definitely working out there. Um, I thought he was a little aggressive. I understand why he came out aggressive, but like I thought it was a little aggressive. But he, he got around. Also, though, I kept having the issue that all the riders I was liking who was going around, they would end up falling on the course. Like Will Coleman, when he first came out on his first horse, I was really liking the way his course was going. It was very clear that he wasn't going to make time. This was a green horse new to the level, but I really liked like how he was bringing the horse into each jump. I liked how he wasn't picking at him, fighting him. And then they ended up just hanging that leg into the lake and he fell. And then Carl Slezak, I fell in love with this freaking horse. And he was like gorgeous and big and just like his stride was eating up the ground. And I knew he was going to have a struggle at one of the tight combinations. And he ended up struggling at a tight combination and they fell. And that was a bummer. And then, William Fox Pitt was out there, beautiful course, almost to the end. Oh, I like, know. Hangs a leg on those logs. Yeah, I think the Emily's, if your name was Emily, you had a really nice course. Libby, she fell, so I was really sad for her. And Allison, oh, I was really rooting for Allison, so I was super bummed to see that she fell. I was surprised Lillian fell when she did. Oh, I said Libby, I meant Lillian, sorry. Um, she, yeah, I was bummed that they, she fell. But I was thinking like the difference in riders between Emily Libby, I thought had a really nice quiet ride and like 
Tammy Smith, I know she made it around, but like she was on fire. <laughs> like there was a fire after her and I thought it was just, I totally get it. She is trying so hard to make the team. She sales pitched herself all weekend. Even her interviews were little sales pitches for why she needs to be on the team. I like the pressure. It felt good. Yeah, we get what you're doing. Like no, sh- no shade. Like we get what you're doing. Um, And you're on the list. So like people are looking at you. I get it. But her cross country course, I just didn't enjoy it because I just felt like she was chasing her horse the entire time and never like let off the poor horse she made it around I'm super happy for her but like it was it was a lot Jenny Brannigan was another one that was kind of confused I didn't really like her cross-country runs I felt like she was really picking at her horses and on the way into the jumps and stuff and then like she would really chase them afterwards and it just felt like it felt like it was a lot more you know stop on the brake go stop on the brake go stop on the brake and it was like oh can make it a little bit more gradual. Yeah. And I also appreciate Jimmy Warford calling out all the metal in the mouth. Um, he only called out Alyssa Wallace for it, which tells me he really likes her because I feel like he's one of those people that like the meanest comments he's going to like those kind of comments. I felt like he really liked Alyssa and he really liked Doug Payne because he gave them both very like, here's your homework, go and fix this kind of comments versus just like nice praise or soft things or like nothing at all. I thought that was a nice reminder that like, yeah, if you have that much metal in your horse's mouth, then you probably have issues at home and you need to fix those before you come back to the course. And then the other thing I really did want to point out was especially for these riders who have multiple horses, it's just like the mental strength that it takes to get around the course. And I feel like Oliver Townsend showed that by like just the being able to like, oh, we had an issue. We can quickly find the next like, you know, we where is our option? And just being able to constantly have all these different options memorized, know exactly where you are on course, be on for 11 plus minutes, and then come and do it again and again. Like it's not just physically exhausting, it's mentally exhausting. And that's why like I I get really nervous when I watch these younger riders because I just don't think they have the mental strength or the physical strength a lot of times to be at this level or to be near this level because that it takes so much effort mentally and physically one of the bad rides that i had for cross country which i know he's boyd's working student but mike pendleton and he was on steady eddie and steady eddie who has gotten at this level before was pretty confident at this level it just felt like they were really disconnected and it was by the end of the course he just looked the mike pendleton was looking tired and that's when they hung a leg and fell yeah i didn't he did not stand out to me but woods did even woods Fall was awesome. Just how he like slid across the grass. Like I'm the sh- song that played in my head when I saw that was Mr. Steal Your Girls. He like slid across the screen. <laughs> and he slid for so long. Just like, whoop, and then he laid there for a while. So I feel bad. But it was cool. Like it was cool looking, um, which was a shame because that was a really nice ride. That was really nice. I was really liking that. Um, so I'm sorry that that happened. There was a few of them though that I could see potential falls coming from quite a distance away and one of those I say I hate to say it because I love seeing that she's out there representing Mexico I love seeing more countries being represented I think that's so freaking awesome Danny Mogul like you could see that fall coming from a while away like you saw her dressage test you could see that fall coming from dressage yeah that fall was coming in dressage because their canter work just wasn't there and if you don't have like if you don't have a canter what are you jumping from and I can't help but ask like or wonder is there something going on with the horse's back or like hind end in the hawks because that canter well yeah it was pretty clear that she was trying to keep a nice short small canter and dressage but you saw that stride that weird funky like back end stride coming out onto the cross-country course and it just like it, it just looked so hiccupy and not smooth yeah yeah it was an odd one her trot work was really nice though i do remember that in her dressage test she had nice trot work but yeah, yeah, there was actually, I think um, Liz, there was somebody who I wrote down that had a lame horse uh, go before they were walking around the start box for like quite a while. And I was like, oh my gosh, your horse is lame, honey. But I know like horses have jinx, like they all have a hitch in their get up, but it was really bad. I don't remember who it was, but it was really bad. Yeah, so I also am a huge Daniel Classing, Clasing. Daniel Clasing fan. I remember him on Houston, his little chestnut Arab. You know, it wasn't all Arab. It was an Anglo-Arab. But I do really appreciate that. I thought he had a really nice cross-country ride. He was working. He was one of the few riders that, like, 
I felt was somewhere really nicely in the middle because there was a lot of writers who went around very quiet and effortlessly like uh, Emily Libby and Emily Hamill I thought had and like Lauren Nicholson too what about Jesse Campbell you are forgetting about him I'm sorry like he just didn't stick out to me I'm so sorry like there I'm so sorry I he's I think I need to do more research on him first but I pretty positive that just became my new favorite writer I need to make sure that he's actually a good decent person and everything but after that ride oh his dressage his cross-country his stadium I'm blown away I good for you like I that I think we all just like get drawn to different different things for whatever reason but it's like really easy to just you know commentate and again like we're not five-star writers but Ben pointed out my boyfriend backs me up on this one he's a big supporter (laughs) that football players are not the ones out there scouting and recruiting you don't like you don't necessarily have to be the best player in order to understand the game and to be able to see strengths and weaknesses and understand what is going on and I thought that was really nice of him to say that's one of the best ways I've heard that put I like that and it's absolutely true that absolutely true you don't have to be the best to develop that eye I don't feel like my eye is as strong in stadium stadium was never my strength and so I feel like that I still just don't have that eye in stadium but I feel like dressage and cross country those two are my strengths like I could see I could see issues coming from a mile away yeah I love uh, I think it was Cindy Elliott's ride um <laughs> that like I saw that probably like five jumps before Karen saw that <laughs> and started yelling at her yeah Karen got really annoyed with her on, when she was commentating she's like she's running him in too flat and then like chipped into a jump she's like see told you yeah and that, like I saw it several jumps ahead of time because she shot him at a big uh wide barn and just like launched him from a mile away and it was like oh she's nervous and uh, you don't need to do that your horse wasn't refusing your horse like did not need you to sit down and run him at um, a big barn it's gonna be okay girl <laughs> and she I will let you know totally redeemed herself on Sunday that was a beautiful stadium ride from her I was yes. impressed actually I was totally worried uh, about her going into stadium and then our stadium round I was like oh yeah those are most of my riders I Marilyn Little we can talk about her her uh, cross country sucked she was all over her horse's face she was and she also I think we both mentioned it and picked up on it made some really weird comments in her interview afterwards and also I personally got really annoyed with both her and Doug Payne I know it was a show jumper and both of them coming out across country to run through the shrubbery right before the big ox or bridge, whatever, what have you. It wasn't necessary. Other riders were getting home in time. Not many, but there was a few. None of them had to go through the trees that were planted there. It felt really unnecessary for sure. Um, and then, of course, Kitty, like, didn't understand it at all. Doug's horse totally got it. <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> yeah, she didn't get it. I don't think it helped at all. It felt like a distraction way before a big fence. Like, you just didn't need to do that. But I have in my notes, your horse looks tired. Um, and I think I had it looking at jump 24. Her horse was looking really tired. And I love in her interview that she was like, oh, I just cruised it for a minute because I was, like, trying to be nice but she didn't need me to do that and I was like no I think she did but you were trying to save face for selectors because you wanted to say like it was me it was my decision to go a minute 30 under and that I have total control and that we like actually didn't need to do that so I get she was sales pitching herself and trying to make up for being so slow on cross country Marilyn is known well known for making time So a minute 30 under was pretty drastic. Like I heard the commentators and myself, I was thinking like, oh, is the clock wrong? And the commentators were like, maybe she got to the start box wrong and this isn't the actual clock. That was a very unusual circumstance for her to be that, like that down on the clock coming in across the finish line. And she had no problems and her ride didn't actually look slow. Like again, I noted her horse looked tired, but like it just didn't seem like it was that slow. So I don't know what happened there. That was, I I don't know about that. That I think was weird. The last thing though that I had that I want to talk about with cross country and it it applies, I think both like the five-star four star probably even three star level and such is that refusals if someone is getting eliminated on refusals I think that says a lot there's absolutely no problem nothing at all with getting eliminated at these levels like that there's no question about that it's totally fine and acceptable if I went that level I would get eliminated as well but to get eliminated on three refusals is a very different type of elimination than two refusals retiring out your horse like a refusal in general your horse shouldn't be refusing at that level right? Your horse slides into the jump, refuses. That's one thing. But your horse sighting that jump from a few strides out and then saying no, that's something completely different. And I feel like when you're at this level, you shouldn't be getting those types of refusals. And so riders, I saw three of them. There was Sophie Click, Zachary Brandt, and I guess he he ended up retiring out. But there was, it was Sophie Click, Colleen Rutledge, and then there was one other one that 
also yeah it was zach colleen and sophie because zach had refusals all over so then there was four it was four writers at the four star then that were eliminated out based on number of refusals and I think it was very, very interesting. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that as well. No, so like the two writers that really stuck out in my mind that was like, whoa, what's happening was one, Sophie Click. She was all over quid pro quo. So I'm going to put her in a different box for a second because I actually don't blame her for continuing because she was continuing not because something was going wrong but be like obviously something was going wrong i think she continued because she was so clueless as to what was going wrong where it was it was her sorry it was a you didn't deserve to be there (laughs) it was a bad ride it was a bad ride it was a clashing of the aids yeah she was pulling and whipping at the exact same time as she was approaching the big down bank of course she was nervous i'm sure she was scared to jump off that down bank didn't know what to do so she was yanking on the mouth and whipping her horse on the shoulder at the exact same time like i get it what was the mental process but like i think she continued because her horse wanted to continue her horse literally threw himself off the bank in order to get her to the next jump and so i'm putting her in a different box because the others horses did not want to continue and the rider was insistent that they did that they do continue yeah both colleen and zach your horses did not want to go on and you should have respected that much earlier sophie's horse did want to go on he was totally happy to be there he just wanted her to communicate clearly what needed to be done and to get off his face. Zach's was alarming that the horse sighted the jump from the water a few strides away and said, no, no more. Because I remember watching his course and I was like, wow, he is not picking a distance at all. He's just running his horse at the jump and the horse is like scrambling to get over and pick a stride for himself. And then when they came out over the one like little hiccup log at the top down to the corner and he just glanced off, he never set him up for the jump or anything. And then they finally came around to that one water when the horse just said no. Like, I, no. Like, that's a pretty big deal for a horse to say no at that level. Yeah, no, that was pretty, and that far away, and at this level, I totally agree. Like, that was shocking to me. What I'm confused by is that you either, this wasn't your normal horse, and I mean, like, you know, you ride the horse you have that day, and something was going wrong, because he was running the horse crooked at most of the fences. He was overbending him, like the horse was out of control, and he had no brakes, and so he was bending him into, like, big oxers, and that's when I noticed his trouble started. Or you changed your bit or your riding setup because it was like your bridle wasn't working or something was wrong with the bridle because the horse was shaking its head. The horse was very upset anytime he went to touch his face. So I did not understand what was going on. And then Colleen looked pleasant enough, but just the horse kept refusing. And again, that one was the kind of weird one to me because I think she pulled one of her other horses. And that like, if you don't have a horse that has wants to go, you do what Buck did and you did and you call it done. Like Buck's horse, I think, refused one, his second horse or his first horse, second horse. It was his second one, I think. Yeah, second horse of the day refused like jump number four and he just retired, didn't ask again. And it's like, yes, because a five-star horse that doesn't want to jump is a big problem. <laughs> like that's not a little problem. <laughs> this horse should love its job and want to go and should have seen everything by now. Like this shouldn't be a shock to him. And so I, I'm going to have to give him props for that like I don't know what his exact thought was but like yeah your horse refused once and at jump four and I think a lot of riders would have been like oh that's okay we can make it we can make it and we saw a lot of riders trying to make it and the truth is no <laughs> like your horse should not be refusing I understand you get the first refusal and you swing back around for that second attempt but even if you don't get your second refusal there at that point in the course if you get another refusal at some point in the course to me I, I've never ridden at that level so I don't know like I know you pay a lot of money to get but there like, I don't think that matters. I don't think that matters because I've been in this similar situation at the novice level and been like, oh, we were done. Like my horse, I set my horse up perfectly. I was there. Everything was going right. And he bailed last second. We're done. I don't care that's jump number four. I don't care. Like, we're done. That means something. That's my horse telling me something. Right. Just it's something else is going on. Like, it's not just. And there are going to be refusals that happen on a four-star, five-star, three-star course that are like, yeah, go again. Like, you know, how many that goosebump? Like, you just glance off of that? Like, yeah, no, you horse had no idea that that was a jump. Like, come back around, try it again. Another really interesting refusal was Kurt Martin when he was coming out of the woods into that one single jump, that fly jump. His horse just spooked. He just said, whoa, what, like, what the heck? Like, it wasn't the horse refusing 
the jump, like refusing, refusing, it was him. Like he just spooked all of a sudden. There was a jump in front of him and was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I missed that part on cross country, unfortunately. Uh, the other one I have as a weird one was Lauren Lambert. Her horse was never on cross country. Like that, if you watch the video, her horse was like, it's big bay. His eyes and ears were everywhere, but the jumps that she ended up getting eliminated are, I think she... I don't know if it was a fall or refusal. I can't remember. But it was one of those like, yeah, your horse, you were there, but your horse wasn't. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I also, I totally thought Leah Langlusic, is that her last name? Yeah, it's a double. It's like hyphenated. Yeah, I totally thought Leah Langlusic that she like pulled and retired off course or that someone had pulled her after she hit that big corner and like left the course and didn't finish cross country. And then we saw her pop up in stadium. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know you finished. No one mentioned that you finished. I was so confused because no one mentioned. And it was very clear that like, so it was a vet inspection. And from her expression, it was very clear this was not her idea to stop. <laughs> I could tell, and I don't know, like she got held for a vet inspection on course and then was able to continue. I thought her horse looked fine. But then again, like that was a big smash over the, because I think she like jumped too wide over the corner and the horse like popped it. She looked really annoyed, but I did the video cut just as she was galloping, like getting ready to gallop off. So I was like, I think she's about to go, but then we never came back to her. So like one of the other things thoughts I had when it comes to cross country is just in general for some of our top riders is this just a stats game like Boyd Martin had four horses and only got one around he's made 25% of his rides come home clear and I get he withdrew one rookies and developing riders and people with one horse like don't get those (laughs) like Eat odds are these riders who are at the top of the sport only staying at the top of the sport because they have so many horses and one ride is bound to work out I mean his second fall was eerily similar to that of Pitt's fall where they both just hung a leg on that one uh log where I think the horses just got tired and they hung their leg but that very first fall was he just I I don't know it was so weird because he just kind of like they came up the bank maybe he didn't see a distance he just kind of flapped the elbows at it and ran at it and then the horse clipped against it and like scrambled over the top and he came off it was so weird and so many people in like the comments in the, the commentators were talking about like wow this is such a hard course you know so many of our top riders aren't making it around but look at our rookies making it around and to me that says we have an issue with our top riders not like yeah. You know, one, we have superb rookies. You know, it doesn't matter that was the horse's first time maybe at that level because so many other horses were at their first time at that level and they made it around just fine. With the first time rider too. Yeah, it was so, it was such a weird like catch point too. So I thought that was interesting and I think like no one else could do that but boy, no one else could get around 25% of the time and still be one of the top riders like in ranked sixth in the world. Like I just don't understand how that how that works and why that continues to play out that way because Buck didn't get home every round. Will Coleman didn't get home every round. I mean, how many riders who brought multiple horses got every horse home? Tim Price and Janelle Price. The the prices, absolutely. But like, did anyone else bring multiple horses and get home? And I think there might be like one or two. I'm not saying that didn't happen. I'm just saying. I don't know. Jenny Brannigan, she fell on her second horse at one of the waters. Yeah, she looked really tired with her first horse. So I was not surprised that she fell with her second. Yeah, when she came out of the water, she looked just drenched in cold water and tired. And like, I will, since we do hate on the top riders a lot, I know. I will say Phillip's ride with Z was really nice. I will give him that I actually really liked that round. And for once, I thought he was actually really riding his horse. Like, not too much, not too little, but that there was a true like partnership going on. But he's been with Z a lot longer. Yeah, and I love that the horse's name is Z, not blah 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 Don Quixote, <laughs> Donkey Don, Kevin McNabb. What is that name? Like, I'm just calling your horse Donkey Dan. I don't care. That's not your horse's name. It's Donkey Dan. And God bless John Kyle for saying that whole name every single time. What the heck? Like, what the heck was that name? And said it flawlessly, I'm sure. But like. Donkey Dan. Your horse's name is now Donkey Dan. Any final thoughts on cross country? Not really, other than I don't know how accurate the time was on the four-star short. I think that would have been a fine time if the footing was better, but like no one came close to making it home in that time. Yeah, for a course with no galloping, right? Because it's a short, so there's no gallop lanes. It seems weird that everyone was that late, but I will, something I noticed with the four-star stadium, which we're going to talk about in just a second, is that I really have no comments about the four-star stadium. I thought cross-country did a good job of weeding out the week. 
I think everyone who made it home uh, from that cross-country course deserved to make it home. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of other people on the four-star that deserved to make it home that didn't. But like, I thought that their their stadium was nice. I really, there was no ride. There was like one ride that stood out to me as like, what the heck? Um, but otherwise, so I just thought that was interesting that the course that did that. All right, shall we move on to stadium? So my only like big comment for stadium like the just design overall I thought it was super confusing that they did the same course backwards <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> I was so confused um it took me for I mean it was fine it worked out but I it, it, it was fine I think I guess it was John Kyle because he was the only one in the box that day said uh that a forward attacking ride will always win and no matter what phase so if you are forward and attacking in dressage cross country stadium that you will always win and that kind of goes back to our quiet riders versus aggressive riders that there is a big push to be aggressive um, in all of your phases and aggression. I use the term aggression. I think everyone else would use the term competitive. Um, but it was it's really jarring, I think, sometimes to see those rides that are so pushy and so attacking and aggressive. Just so everyone knows, the first fence on cross country you're supposed to gallop at, not the yeah. first fence on stadium. Like, I was a little bit shocked by how many people just launched for the first fence, especially in the five star. It was a big oxer. I get it. But, like, maybe establish a nice rhythm. Doug Payne is not a bad rider. Like, Doug Payne's a really good rider. He He's a good stadium rider. Like, I have issues with him personally I think he's an obnoxious person but I think <laughs> as far as a rider goes he's a good rider like I can't I can't discredit that uh and his stadium rides except for whatever happened in that one were nice and should like take some notes people because I thought those were nice also Emily Libby's was really nice like I thought Emily Libby's stadium was gorgeous and she had a really clear plan about what she was there to do um I was jumping into my good riders. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me mention his name yet or not, but um, Jesse Campbell, I thought he had a really nice stadium. I was actually getting really frustrated with the five-star riders. Number one, I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but I thought I was seeing a lot more hardware on those horses' faces than in previous events. It felt very much show jumper-esque in what we were putting on, like bit combination with those nose bands. I was just getting, I was surprised at how many wild combinations I was seeing, as well as like how many were just kind of, seesawing to get their horses back before the jumps and like cranking them in yeah. it felt very jarring most of the time when it was supposed to be smooth and they're supposed to like respond back to your seat and everything and I think one of the really good rides that I liked was Jesse Campbell because the whole time I was watching him he wasn't making these big drastic adjustments to his horse's faces he wasn't like grabbing them by the bit it was very pleasant very smooth <clears throat> I do realize that I have only boys on my bad rides and only girls on my good rides for stadium <laughs> um that is like no shade whatsoever Sharon White's only here because her horse is freaking adorable he was a cutie pie and so he made my good rides list because he was so cute I thought Leah Lang had a nice just a stadium ride, especially after like whatever happened on cross country. I thought she came in and put down something respectable. Emily Libby. She's like not new to the sport. I think Emily Libby's last time at a Rolex was 2008. I have notes about her somewhere, which I thought was really interesting that like, I've never heard of her, but she's a really good rider. Like what? That just sounded so condescending. That sounded really condescending. And I'm so sorry. I'm trying to find my notes. <laughs> Yeah, Emily Libby. So she worked for Buck and David, and she is not a rookie. She, um, looking at her results, if you go to her website and you look at her results and what she's been doing and winning, like, this girl should be a household name. Like, you should know who Emily Libby is. So I'm shocked that I had no idea who she was. Um, and this was my first, like, notice of her. Like, at 19, she'd been to Rolex twice. Oh, dang. I can't say that. Back in, like, 2008. 2007 uh so like that's quite the accomplishment she has quite the list of accomplishments and so her stadium course I thought was gorgeous and I thought she came in there to do a she had a plan and it was to show that she was competitive uh and while she did a really quiet cross-country ride her stadium ride showed that she was a competitor and I thought that was a great use of she wasn't aggressive and yet she showed she was competitive and I really appreciated that yeah another one that I actually really liked and I'm and I'm very interested to see if team selectors pick her up or not, and not for our country either. It's for Germany, um, Anna Seimer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she had the same 
thing on cross country was gorgeous. She had a plan and she did it. Yeah, I know she racked up a, a few faults on cross country, but she wrote out of it really well. And she was one of those ones where you watched her walk out of dressage. She was so freaking happy to be there and was like, just happy. Like, she was a pleasure to watch. Yeah. Yeah, she was a really nice writer. Her cross-country, again, sticks out as being really pleasant. Even though she took some long routes, that's what she was told to do. So, like, she got the time associated with doing that. Um, and then some faults. But, like, I yeah, I thought she was had a really nice ride. I also really like the fact that uh, Tim Price, Janelle Price, uh, Jesse Campbell, all the New Zealand riders, they were taking the longer routes, but they were making it in time. They were, like, getting really close to either to the optimum time or cross-country or under it. Or they on stadium were taking a slightly longer route and were totally making time. I, I loved seeing that because it wasn't, it just looked so much smoother on some of them rather than like, not that you can't take the shorter routes and look smooth. You definitely can. But I just felt sometimes people were really rushing to get the time. And you had these other riders that looked just as smooth and lovely and were making the time easy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one Again, I do not – my question marks are constant with Bobby Meyerhoff. I do not understand if he's good, if he's bad. Like, and I mean good and bad is really subjective terms. Like, I think he's a decent rider. But his Martingale on his second horse, his first stadium ride was gorgeous. Then the second horse, his Martingale was too short. And his horse, like, couldn't get a good shape over any of the fences and knocked half of them over. Can we, can we check your tack? Like, how did, how did that happen? And I'm – I'm assuming it was the Martingale, but it was it was rough. I don't want to do this to a legend, but Leslie Law, both of his jumping rides, like cross country was rough. And so was Stadium. Like his horse did all the work. Like, I'm sorry. His horse, he has a nice horse. His, his horse said, shh, 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 quiet, man. I got this. Like I just, his horse literally tuned him out and finished the course without him. Don't get me wrong. He can outride me any day. Sure. And he's, he's a coach. He's still coaching. Like he's the U25 coach. So the man's a legend. I like don't, won't take that away from him, but it just, I don't know. It just wasn't clicking. It was, yeah, it didn't work. And Boyd's ride. There, there can't be anyone in the stadium that thought that was good. He threw himself over that fence. He's the reason the fence fell. Like that was, I get that he was probably so sore and so tired and so exhausted. He pulled his four-star horse from cross country. Like I get it, taking two hard falls on cross country. Like I do not envy you. I do not want to be in your position where your job. And he hit hard. And that's the thing. Like his job is to get up and get back on. Like he doesn't get paid like if he gives up you know like he gets as much money as he gets because he gets back on and like god bless him but that was a rough stadium round philip dutton's uh stadium that was nice great yeah 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 and it was a lot of nice rounds and a lot of like eh, rounds i was a little bummed at daniel classing as well his dressage score was great his cross country was great now we work on the stadium yeah he just you know lowered all the jumps by one rail or two yeah i I don't like I need to look into him a little bit more because I don't know that he's who he's I think he rides on his own like I don't think he has a team I don't think he's like identified or tapped that much more inspiring if so it is but then it's also that much more frustrating knowing like you're out here on your own trying so hard to get there um and it's still like because he's been here for a couple years who knows the other one I really missed who wasn't here this weekend is James Alliston I'm sorry I have a huge crush on his horse Parker <laughs> if that's okay to say no it's okay I have a crush on Carl Slezak's horse now uh so do you have any final thoughts on stadium um it's not necessarily on stadium but more on the event as a whole and it's about the four star and I'm curious if having the four star available led to more rookies at the four-star level trying to push themselves to be there to compete at the four-star because they're already competing four-star when they weren't ready for that caliber of course because they wanted to claim they had ridden there and say that like they were just a smidgen away from the five-star. I don't think so because only two really stood out to me as please go home and do some homework and figure this out. And so I think... I think it was doable to someone who had the right mindset uh, and was out there thinking their way around course. I think a green, you know, newbie could do it just fine. And so I, to me, I did see what looked like young riders who were green um, doing really well. I guess any final thoughts on Ollie? We did not really talk about him at all. Uh, congratulations, Oliver Townsend. You uh, won for your third time. So that's awesome. 
I know you're not a huge Oliver fan. I don't really have an opinion on him right now. I think he's someone listening to his interviews who he's thinking more than he's talking. So I think his interviews come out really weird because I feel like more is happening in his head than he's like verbalizing. Because <laughs> he there were yeah I watched a couple of his interviews that were like yeah that was weird. Um, but I <laughs> I get the impression it's because he's like there's stuff going on in his head and only so many words are making it out. I don't know. I don't really have any other final thoughts. I have my team, my team that I selected. Okay, so yeah, I think we're ready. Do you want to go first with your team? Who you start with who you want as the team. I don't know if I should go first because I think I just picked the riders that I liked and I'm not so sure how successful my team would be at the Olympics, but I would really like watching the rounds. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, they're probably not going to make it, but good good job. Um, I know. <laughs> so you want to hear my team? Wait, how many members do I get also? You get three for a team and two for individual. Okay, I have seven. So that's not five. <laughs> no, yeah, five. I got two teams. So yeah, okay, you, you can't send two teams. You got to cut one. Cut one right now. Cut one. All right. Kevin McNabb, you're gone. Oh, uh, that's he's Australian. He's Australian? He's Australian. I don't even think he right, well, lives. He's definitely gone. He doesn't even live in the US. I th- I'm pretty sure he's based in Australia and flew here for the event. He is actually, though, trying really hard to get on the Australian team. That's why he was here this weekend. So we could totally see him at the Olympics just for Australia, not for us. Okay. On my team, I would put first... I don't, actually, I don't know if he'd go in the first place spot, but he's he's just written down first, I think. Will Coleman. He's on my team, too. I've got Will Coleman on my team, too. Ooh, twins. Okay. Uh, Lauren Nicholson. She's on my team, too. <laughs> She's on my team, too. I, I know this one is just me being partial and everything, but I put Elisa Wallace on. I okay. think <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> Shush it. She was at that four star. You can't put a four star on the Olympic team. I mean, you technically can. It's whoever wants you. Do you want to know who else is on my team? She wasn't even there at the event this weekend. I don't even know the last time she. You only get three riders. You get three riders. Well, do you want to know who my alternate is then? Okay, fine. Who's your alternate? She wasn't there. I really missed her. I wish she was. Maya Black. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Maya. Okay, so my third place was Liz Holiday Sharp. <laughs> was my oh, I place. had her as my next one. She was at, She was my alternate to Maya Black. Okay, so who are your two individuals? So my team was Lauren, Liz, and Will, and then who are your individuals? You get two individual riders. Can I steal one from New Zealand, or does it have to be American? No, you have to steal. Take Americans. Do you not even know how team selections work? They are not going to ever ask you to be a selector with this attitude. <laughs> <laughs> this careless, uh, like, disregard for rules and honoring countries and stuff. Yeah, no. I, don't think, I think I'd make a really great power duo or power team. I mean, they would, but, like, we have ours. They're called the O'Connors. You have to let another country have theirs, too. Oh, fine. Whatever. Um, I didn't really select anyone for my individual peoples. Maybe I'll put Boyd Martin as my alternate and Liz Halliday Sharp as a individual. Or maybe Tammy Smith. I know that Mao Baum, I don't know how you say his name, Alexis. I know that's a really nice horse and I could definitely really do well. So maybe I'll throw her up as individual. She's on my individual too. (laughs) Is Doug your other one? Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, my individuals would be Tammy and Doug. Um, And I do have like a final comment on Doug is – I don't think Doug's going anywhere. Just to like throw it out there, uh, I think Doug is going to be the next boy, next Philip, next Buck. Yeah, he, no, hundred percent. He's not going anywhere. Get used to seeing his name everywhere. But honestly, like I completely understand why. Like, how could you go wrong with him? His mom wrote the dressage test, so like he has a pretty good understanding of how dressage works. He is a professional show jumper as well, so we know that the team puts a lot of emphasis on being able to come in with a strong show jumping uh, like score and finish with a clear, clear, clean ride in show jumping, and he's got a herd to choose from. So that makes riders like Marilyn Little, while she's a good show jumper, she doesn't have a herd right now. She has no other horses. Uh, So I think those three things are going to keep him at the front of the sport for a long time. The only thing I have to ask of him is this. Doug, if you're listening, I know you are out of the show. (laughs) Hi, Doug. How are you? It's so nice to see you. Can you just take off the sunglasses for a little bit? (laughs) That's all I got to (laughs) ask. I was going to say not be so vocal on social media. <laughs> it was snowing on Wednesday. Why do you got sunglasses on? Because on- he's cool. He's Doug. He's, yeah, he's cool. He's got the glasses. Okay, if 
Canada. They get to send two people for individuals. Who do you think Canada's going to send? Uh, Hannah. Hannah Supernet. She's not Canadian. She, she, no. she, Jackie Mars owns her horse. I don't know. Things, Why would man. Jackie Mars own? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I need to go home. Oh, so the last thing I wanted to share before we wrap this episode is I did want to share with you who the writers are on the elite team as well as the pre-elite team because I was actually surprised because I know this list. Can I guess three of them? Okay, guess who is on the elite team. There's four. And you don't have to get that. You don't have to get them with the right horses because remember they are on here as as a pair. I'm just maybe I don't know. Just gonna throw this name out there. Boyd Martin. Correct. Uh, Philip Dutton. Philly Correct. D. Yep. Philip D. Um, Liz Holiday Sharp. Yep. One more. But Buck. Nope. No Doug. Yeah, Doug. Those are the four. So. Those are our elite team, and they do not have to select from the elite team. This is just who they are, like, strongly preferencing for the elite team. Then you have the pre-elite team. Oh, hey, look. Never mind. We'll get there in a second. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, so I just want to go through this real quick, and then we'll be done with the show, guys. So Woods is on the pre-elite team, which I've never heard of Woods before this weekend, and I am so glad he's there because I feel like he deserves it. Jenny Brannigan is there with two horses, Stella and Lifestyle. Will Coleman is there with two horses, Off the Record and Don Dante. Sydney Elliott is on it. Also, really glad to see that she's on it because I thought she, I think she deserves it. I thought she was Australian. Apparently not. She's from Louisiana. Huh. So Will Fadre is there. Ariel Gerald. Uh, Boyd Martin. Doug Payne. Lynn Szymanski is also on there. And then on our developing training list, we have Maya. Yay. Rebecca Brown. Daniel Classing, so there he is. Woo woo. Uh, Zoe, Zoe Crawford, Jacob Fletcher, Carolyn Martin. Woo. Because uh, I actually do like her. Andrew McConnell, Sarah Mittler. Also, that's another woo for Sarah Mittler. Uh, Mike Pendleton and Caitlin Slimman. So those are our writers that have been tapped as writers with futures. I noticed I didn't hear any Robin Locks or Kelsey Locks on that list. No, definitely did not. Did not. And um, I would be terrified and also super jealous. Like, <laughs> who's she? Who's she? Who's this Kelsey? Because it's not me. I do not have a horse to ride. I have four horses and not a single one to ride. So, um, yeah. That's our Rolex Kentucky three-day, Land Rover three-day, bluegrass. Can we make this the bluegrass five-star? I really love the word bluegrass. And I... No. No. Vetoed. You've been vetoed. No. But I like the word bluegrass. I also like bluegrass music. First off, that's two words. So, think about that. No. It's two words, but it's not written. It's not how... No. It's... It's different. Are you trying to tell me it's a compound word? And with that, folks, <laughs> stay safe, stay classy, and stay in the saddle, even if it's like super rainy and really muddy, and you just have to sit down on your horse and like get ready to go for that jump, and just like look, sit up, sit up, sit up, uh, leg on. And you lost your studs, just stay in the saddle. Stay in the saddle, yeah. Please stay in the saddle, no falling. 